You're listening to the Let's Talk Bible podcast, a Bible study podcast for kids and parents. We're your hosts, Will, Charlotte, and Chase, but we call him Dad. Dad'll work too. Each week, we're talking about the world of the Bible, along with interesting facts, history, and words to help you better understand what you read. The Bible doesn't have to be confusing. It actually makes a lot of sense. Sometimes you just need to talk it through. We hope our conversations help your family have some better conversations, too. Conversations are always good. We hope it helps us all know Jesus better and learn to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's talk Bible. Today we're reading again from Luke chapter 2. Last week, we started Luke chapter 2 with the birth of Jesus, and today we continue the story. We're still technically in Luke's introduction to the gospel. Jesus has been born, but we really haven't gotten to Jesus's ministry or his teaching. Luke is still preparing us to receive Jesus as the teacher, the Messiah, the Lord that has come to us. And so we get two more characters today. Can you name some of the characters that have shown up so far in the introduction? Joseph, Jesus, the shepherds, sheep. Oh, Zachariah and Elizabeth. I think you just about got all of them. That's right. So far, we've been introduced to Zachariah, Elizabeth, to Mary and Joseph. Oh, we forgot John the Baptist. That's Zachariah and Elizabeth's boy that's born, John. And then Jesus is born. You're right. There are shepherds, probably sheep as well. And today we're going to learn about two new individuals named Simeon and Anna. So let's get mom in here and let's have her read today's passage of the week. Let's go, mom. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout, looking for the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So Simeon, directed by the Spirit, came into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary according to the law, Simeon took him in his arms and blessed God, saying, Now according to your word, Sovereign Lord, permit your servant to depart in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So the child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, Listen carefully, this child is destined to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be rejected. Indeed, as a result of him, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul as well. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old, having been married to her husband for seven years until his death. She had lived as a widow since then for 84 years. She never left the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came up to them and began to give thanks to God and to speak about the child to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Thanks, Mom, for reading our passage of the day. What stood out to you about that story? It was crazy that... Two random people knew two random people knew that that was the Messiah. Yeah, you're right. Both Simeon and Anna recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, even though he was just a baby. That's something we could talk about. Good. Charlotte, was there anything that stood out to you about the passage? 
that Anna was really old? Oh, that's another good observation. Probably both Simeon and Anna were fairly old, which we can also talk about. Did you notice where the setting for this story took place? Where are they in this story? They went to Jerusalem to the temple. That's exactly right. Good observation. I think this is another opportunity for an important person, place, or thing. And we may have our first thing to talk about today. So we'll hit that button and let's get into it. It's an important person, place, or thing. We've uncovered a person, place, or thing that's important for you to learn more about. Today's important person, place, or thing is the temple. This is a great opportunity for us to talk a little bit about the temple, because that's where Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, took Jesus. And we're specifically told that they went for Mary's purification to offer a sacrifice. So there's a few things we could talk about. The temple was in Jerusalem, and it was the place where God's people, the Jews, went up to worship. Most Jews, even if they lived in other places, Bethlehem or Nazareth, if they could, they would come to Jerusalem for certain festivals, so Passover or a festival called Sukkot or Pentecost, and they would go to the temple to worship, much like we might go to a church. But when they got to the temple, the central way that they worshiped was by making sacrifices or offerings. So sometimes those sacrifices were an animal sacrifice, a lamb or two birds that they brought. Sometimes it might be a grain sacrifice or even a wine water sacrifice. But we read in this passage about a very specific sacrifice that was being made. Mary was going up because she had just given birth to a child, and she had also given birth to her first son. Both of those required a certain act of worship. Now, it's really important to talk about what the Bible means by her purification or making a sacrifice to be pure. There are some sacrifices that are supposed to help you seek forgiveness for sin. So there was a sin offering that if you had sinned against God, or sometimes the priests would offer on behalf of all of Israel, they would ask God for his forgiveness for sin. But there were other sacrifices you would make just as an act of worship so that you could continue participating in the worship of the temple. And that's what Mary went to do. She went to make a purification offering. It wasn't that having a child was a sin. That's not right, right? Do you remember what Genesis says about having children? Adam and Eve were commanded to multiply. And children are a blessing from the Lord. God loves kids. We remember that even as Jesus welcomed the children to him. Mary hadn't sinned by having a baby, but there was a period of time in which she waited and refrained from going into the temple. And then there was a process by which she came to the temple and offered a sacrifice so that she could begin that worship in the temple again, now pure. Do you remember what she gave as a sacrifice? Luke records it in this passage. A dove. They actually give either two doves or two pigeons. Now, the law, the Old Testament, had said that this sacrifice required a lamb. But if you couldn't afford a lamb, you could also give two of these birds. That probably means that Mary and Joseph were just pretty common people. They didn't have a lot of money. They weren't wealthy because they chose to do the cheaper of the sacrifices because it may have been all they had. So it is that Mary and Joseph went up to the temple to offer the sacrifice for Mary's purification so she could continue worshiping in the temple. And they also offered a sacrifice since Jesus was their firstborn son. That tradition stretches all the way back to the book of Exodus. Do you remember during the plague what the final plague was in Egypt? Do you, Charlotte, do you remember the final plague in Egypt that 
God did that finally allowed his people to go free from Egyptian slavery? What's a plague? Plague is like sort of like a bad miracle, sort of. So if something, so if a plague happened to your crops, that means there was like no crops. Like if somebody broke your toy. Not quite. A plague, I think Will is right. A plague is something God uses to get our attention. A plague was something that God used to show the Egyptians their sin and their idolatry and that they were refusing to obey God. And the last plague when the Jews were escaping Egyptian slavery was that God had struck down the firstborn of animals and men in Egypt. But God had protected the Jews by them making a sacrifice of a lamb and him passing over their homes. It's where you get the Jewish event of Passover. So there was a law that anytime you had your firstborn son, you would offer a sacrifice as a way of remembering the way that God had passed over and protected his people, that the firstborn always belonged to God. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's a little bit about the temple, the important person, place, or thing, and the sacrifices that were taking place there. The temple's going to show up many more times in Luke's gospel. Jesus will find his way back into the temple pretty quick in our next passage. So we'll save some of it to talk about. But it's important to remember Mary and Joseph are going up to the temple to sacrifice because they're welcoming a child into the world. They're purifying themselves, not because they've sinned in that giving birth. They're purifying themselves as a way of worshiping and celebrating and acknowledging that they're ready to re enter that participation with God's people in worship. Well, we've got two new characters to talk about today, so let's get into our passage. Who are the two characters that we were introduced to in today's passage? Anna and Simeon. Those are the two, and we mentioned in our introduction that they were probably old. It tells us that Anna had been widowed, that her husband had passed away. She had been married for seven years before her husband passed away, and according to the Bible, she had probably lived for 84 years since then. That means Anna was probably 105 years old, and Scripture tells us that every day she was inside the temple praying and fasting. She probably would have been serving other people praying over them, maybe new parents like Mary and Joseph that were coming up. She's also described as a prophetess, which means the Holy Spirit probably from time to time gave her words of either encouragement or faith that she could give to people, maybe parents like Mary and Joseph that were coming up to worship. We also think Simeon was probably old. It says that the Holy Spirit compelled Simeon to come into the temple, and he was praying that he would see the salvation of Israel, the hope of Israel before he died. And when he sees the baby Jesus, he says, God, you've granted to see that promise fulfilled before I die. He's probably towards the end of his life as well. Now, in our introduction, Will pointed out that it's pretty remarkable that both of them recognize Jesus, even though Jesus is just a small baby. How do you think they recognize Jesus as the Messiah? Maybe the Holy Spirit told them? That's been one of our big themes so far. Have you noticed that? The Holy Spirit spoke through Zechariah. The Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth. The Holy Spirit came over Mary to conceive Jesus. John the Baptist was said to have the Holy Spirit even while he was in his mother's womb. And now we get these two figures, Simeon, who said to have the Holy Spirit and come into the temple with the Holy Spirit, and Anna, who's a prophetess of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking and showing people what God is doing. One of the things the Holy Spirit does is it helps draw our attention to who Jesus is, and it helps draw our attention to what God is doing through Jesus around us. And that's exactly what we see the Holy Spirit doing in the beginning of Luke's gospel. I always thought 
that they knew because the star. Oh, that's good. You're thinking of the wise men, right? Maybe you're wondering, we saw the shepherds, but where are the wise men in this story? The wise men actually show up in Matthew's gospel, not Luke's gospel. Each of the gospel writers tell the story from slightly different views. They focus on certain things. And so Luke is focused on the shepherds and people like Zechariah and Elizabeth and Simeon and Anna, instead of people like the wise men or the magi. Why do you think Luke has focused on these particular people? Because they're all the, they're sort of like the main characters. I think probably the reason Luke picks these particular people to tell us about is they're all very common people. Think about what we've learned about them. Zachariah was just a common priest who had been picked to come up and make a sacrifice of incense in the temple. Elizabeth, his wife, was growing old and still didn't have a son. She was barren and, and sad about it. Think about what we just talked about with Mary and Joseph. They were a young Jewish couple about to be married, and they didn't even have enough money to offer the lamb. They had to offer the two birds instead. They weren't certainly rich or important people. Or think about Simeon and Anna that we just met. Anna was a widow who for 84 years had just humbly been praying and serving people in the temple. And Simeon was praying every day and hoping that he would see the Messiah before his death. These aren't important, powerful rulers or leaders. These aren't emperors or high priests. The people that God chose to first bring news of his son in the world, the first people to recognize who Jesus was, was just everyday people like you and me. People that were just waiting and hoping and praying and trying to receive the Holy Spirit. I think part of what Luke is doing in these opening chapters is giving us an image of the kind of people who are best positioned to receive the good news of Jesus. And it's people who are humble and submissive and still and quiet and watching and praying and waiting, and even children like John the Baptist, people who are open to the Holy Spirit revealing Jesus in their hearts. To these people come the word of Jesus. I have a question. I think I know your question because you mentioned it to me earlier. And so I think instead of a phone call from a friend, you've got a great question for today that we could make our question of the week. So let's get into our question of the week brought to us by Will. It's time for our question from a friend segment where one of our friends asks their question about the passage of scripture we're studying. Will, who do we have a question from today? Today's question comes from me, who is nine years old. All right, let's hear it. What does it mean that a sword will pierce Mary's heart? Thanks. All right, now that is a great question, because that's the part of the passage we skipped over. Do you remember what Luke said? It said that when Jesus came, Simeon gave this prophecy, this word to Mary and Joseph, that when Jesus came, he would bring about the rising and the falling of many in Israel, and that he would be a sign that would be rejected, and that he would come to reveal the hearts of many people. And then Simeon turned to Mary and said, and not even you will escape, for this sword will pierce even your soul. Now, some people think that Mary would be sad because she would see the death of her son, Jesus, on the cross. And there's probably some truth to that. But really what Simeon is saying is that when Jesus comes, Jesus won't just come to be a baby. He won't just come to make everything simple and nice. That the truth is, many people will reject Jesus. People won't follow Jesus. And one of the things Jesus will do is Jesus will often say hard and difficult things because he wants us to think long and hard about what's in our heart and what we really want. 
That's the image he has of a sword that cuts into our soul, that exposes our heart. That Jesus will often do things and say things that force us to think long and hard about who we are and what we really need. In fact, later on, Jesus will specifically say he came into the world to bring a sword. He's probably not talking about actual sword fighting. Remember the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane when they're arresting Jesus and Peter pulls out his sword and cuts off the man's ear, the temple workers, and Jesus says, put your sword away and reattaches it. That's not the sword Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about that sword we read about in Hebrews, that God's word cuts deep. Do you know that passage of scripture? I think it says that it divides bone from arrow. That's right. It talks about how the sword will divide into our soul, even into our bones. It's a picture, an image of the way that Jesus's words will expose what matters most to us, will reveal what's actually in our heart. And some people won't like that because they want those things to remain a secret. They don't want to change. They don't want to follow Jesus. And so Simeon recognizes that even Mary, the mother of Jesus, will one day have to hear Jesus's teaching and will have to humble herself and receive him as a Messiah. And that will mean, do you remember as Jesus talks about in his Gospels, Mary will have to die to herself and choose to follow Jesus. She'll have to lay aside her own desires and wants and expectations and instead follow Jesus. But do you know what Jesus says about that? For anyone who's willing to forsake their life will find it. That when we choose to lay down our life and follow Jesus instead of what we want or our own way, Jesus gives us even greater peace and even greater joy and even greater hope than we could find on our own. And that's what I think Simeon was saying, that to follow Jesus means you're going to allow him into your heart, and that'll mean he may find things there that he wants to change or challenge in you. But if you humble yourself and follow him, he's willing to give you something even greater than you could find on your own. And that's the story Simeon recognizes. He'll give you salvation, he'll give you peace, and he'll give you strength. That's a pretty important part of this story, isn't it? It sounds very important. Well, I think it's time for our word of the day. Let's learn a new important word. Each week, we're learning a new word from the original languages of the Bible. You might not know it, but the Bible was originally written in Hebrew and Greek. And a little in Aramaic. And a little Aramaic, that's right also. Each week, we'll teach you an important word from these original languages, so you can better understand the important themes of the Bible. So, let's learn our word of the week. Now, we've been reading from the Gospel of Luke, which is in Greek, but every once in a while where I find a word that I think is an important Hebrew word, we've been jumping back to learn that. And there's certainly an important word here that I think is a fun one to learn in Hebrew. Do you remember what Simeon did when he took Jesus into his arms? What does Luke tell us? He blessed him. He blessed him. That's exactly how we end this podcast every week, with that blessing. Do you remember it? The Lord bless you and keep you. So let's learn the Hebrew word for blessing, because it's an important one. The Hebrew word for a blessing or to bless is barak. Barak. Can you say barak? Barak. Barak. Kind of sounds like broccoli, huh? It has that C-H sound, like broccoli in there too. Barak. But barak means to bless. So when you say, the Lord bless you, you're literally saying, That means the Lord bless you and keep you. So the next time you hear that, or the next time you hear someone say, bless you, whenever you sneeze or cough, 
you now know the Hebrew word for blessing, what Simeon was doing perhaps even in Hebrew as he held the baby Jesus in his arms in the temple. The Hebrew word barak. Say it with me, and maybe you can practice it at home as well. Barak. Barak. I still think it sounds like broccoli. Well, I think that's been a good conversation for today. So let's go ahead and reflect on what we've learned, and then we'll pray. What did you take away from our conversation today about Luke 2? That Luke doesn't use, like, people who have lots of money. He just uses everyday, everyday people like us. That's a good observation. You don't have to be the emperor or the high priest to have the Holy Spirit or to recognize Jesus. He's just looking for people that are humble and willing to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and leading. And what did you learn Barak means today? Blessing. Excellent. Good lessons today. Well, I think those are good lessons for us to take away. I think what I take away from Simeon and Anna is that uh, we can pray for a long time, perhaps our whole life, believing and trusting God. And then the end, he's always faithful to his word and his promises. And the people who receive Jesus best into this world are those who are just willing to be humble and to watch and listen and to serve others. Jesus has a place in one of his Beatitudes where he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And to be pure of heart, there's a famous Christian writer named Kierkegaard who used to say it means to will one thing, to want one thing, to want one thing more than anything else. And if you want to love Jesus and to follow Jesus with all of your heart, then God promises it's to those that he reveals himself and shows himself. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, just like Simeon and Anna and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and Zachariah and Elizabeth. Well, let's pray and wrap up today's episode. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you show yourself and reveal yourself to people just like us. And we pray you would show us what it is to want one thing, to follow you and obey you with all of our hearts. And that as we do that, you would give us your Holy Spirit to help guide us and lead us and to reveal yourself to us. And so like all of these characters we've been looking at, we humble ourselves, we promise to serve you and commit our lives to you, and we just pray that you would lead us and show us yourself, that we, like these characters, might have your peace, might have your joy, and might have your strength. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 A Jew. Brock, you. We have this little tradition in our house of offering a blessing before the kids go to school each day. In the book of Numbers, Aaron is given a blessing in which he puts God's name over his people. And we would like to offer you that blessing as we do each morning as well, too. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance to you and give you peace. And lots of peas to eat for lunch. Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk Bible podcast. You can find notes for today's show by going to letstalkbible.kids. There you'll find this week's scripture, family discussion questions, and the word of the week. You can also send us a message, maybe a question you have about the Bible. Parents, there's also a sermon for each of our episodes to help you dig deeper into the week's passage. We hope our conversations inspire your family for some conversations of your own. Thanks for listening.